Welcome to a night of total terror. Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 24, The Lost Boys, from 1987. Hello and welcome, I'm your host Hugh Lloyd, and the Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror, sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello, like I said at the start, I'm your host Hugh Lloyd, and before I invite my ever-humble host into our house... Let's check out the trailer. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So where are you? The boy nun! I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp stink. Drive it right through his heart. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till Mom finds out, buddy. When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. Michael, they're coming! Oh, And after the watching the magnificent t- trailer, it is time to introduce the one, the only. He is back for well, I don't know how many we've done now. Um, it is Mister Leighton Winston. How are we doing, pal? Uh, one, two, three, four. Fuck it. Are we on the seventh? Are we I think we're. Like I think we're on our seventh. Yes. I think we're on our seventh. How are you doing, my friend? You okay? I'm all right. Yeah. Good. 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 Like good. I said. No longer covered in llama shit and ready to go. That's a story for <laughs> off the air. <laughs> if if only the good people knew. If only they knew, isn't it? Fair yes. <laughs> and I'd be out of a job. <laughs> uh, well, we don't want to elaborate too much on that, do we? No, no, but, no. Uh, no. You know, we're, we're all good, mate. You're all, you're all good, yeah? Good, good, good. So today we are talking Lost Boys from 1987. We are indeed um, revisiting 1987 um, after Predator, was it? Or yeah. One of the yeah. two, anyway. I, I mean, i got to be honest with you. In terms of, you know, films, 1987 is a fantastic year. It's a it really, really good year. It is indeed. It is indeed. You know... Um, we- we just we just we just gloss over that the highest grossing film of that year was in America, Three Men and a Baby. But hey ho, <laughs> hey, no quite in for taste. Exactly, and you know who doesn't love a little bit of Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and Tom Selleck from now on again, isn't it? Just be honest. The fact you've got the Goot 
<laughs> the Das Gutenberg in there. I mean, there we look. I mean, I know we'll probably cover this at some point, but here we go. Europe films, a couple of films released in 1987 before we dive into Lost Boys. You've got Predator, Full Metal yeah. Jacket, Lethal yeah. Weapon 1, yeah. Lost Boys, of course, Robocop, yeah. The yeah. Untouchables. Oh, I fucking love The Untouchables. Spaceballs. Fucking love Spaceballs. <laughs> uh, Witches of Eastwick. I haven't seen that in many oh, years. It's a great, great film. Jack Jack Nicholson is amazing in it. Um, yeah. Princess Bride. Oh, my God. That's having a re-release. Um, there's a re-release coming out of this very, very soon. Oh, we will definitely be checking that out. Um, 30th anniversary. Oh, it, I tell you something. Have you read the book? No. <laughs> the book, honestly, the book is amazing it is amazing the film and the book are very very close together but the, the both of them are just incredible i, I don't think i could don't, I, I think if i read the book i'd read it with uh peter falk's voice in yes oh mind. yeah you've got to you've got to <laughs> i even put on my colombo raincoat the one that i'm no longer allowed you weren't i thought you weren't allowed to wear that in public only on buses <laughs> right, here's a couple uh, others just to finish up the running man Good film. Yeah. Good film, in fairness, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street but... 3. Oh, best one of the lot. Hands down the best of the yes. lot. Yes. You know, yeah. uh, at, and, and it's got Dokken. Where the dream was. <laughs> Dokken, what a terrible group. What a oh, terrible, terrible group. They're still Brilliant. going. They're still touring. I've got to be honest. Hey, you, you live in the hub of... Um, the the that um metal festival that happens every year, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, a, oh, a steel house. That's right. Yeah, the steel house. There, didn't they? I keep. Th- yeah, they were. They were. I keep threatening to go because they've. I mean, they've had like uh, White Snake have been there, Foreigner have been there, um, the Darkness played recently. He ain't looking good, mind. Oh, oh, Justin. Have you seen? <laughs> this is crazy. We're going off on a tangent already, <laughs> which I love. Which I love, right? But um, a very good mate of mine is a huge Queen fan, and um, they released um, recently the the footage of the current Queen biopic is being made. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, Remy Malik as yes, um, yes. Freddie Mercury, Mercury, right? And they've filmed the web, the Live Aid sequence in in an airfield in Hertfordshire or something like that, right? <laughs> and I was reading online that they, they, somebody captured it, right? Uh, and they sort of synced it in conjunction with the actual Live Aid footage, and right. In fairness, and this is this is a footage of somebody's bloody iPhone, right? It yeah. looks it looks amazing. It genuinely yeah. looks amazing. So I sent it to my mate who's this huge Queen fan. And we're chatting back and forth via text via text and something comes up about tattoos. So I Google Queen tattoos. Right? <laughs> and and Justin Hawkins has on his knuckles um each member of Queen, right, <laughs> on his knuckles, a, a, um, from the from the album Hot Space. Yes, yeah, yeah. When this um, blue, yellow, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colors, but it's yeah. got like it's I think got, I got like, that from vinyl actually. Anyway, he's got that neck, he's got that tattooed on his knuckles, right? Then I realised that Roger Taylor's son is now the drummer for the Darkness. <laughs> oh my God! So perhaps every time he sees Justin, he goes, "Oh, nice tattoo with my dad on your finger." There. <laughs> <laughs> Now, coming uh, back to the look right. of this, listen to we listen to this. There, right? These are the three other couple of films just to polish off 1987. Yeah. Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn, Hellraiser. Oh my God, Clyde Hellraiser, Barker. brilliant film. 
Um, that's another one I haven't seen in years, mate. Oh, I watched it recently. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Monster Squad. Oh, my God. Monster Squad is probably one of the most underrated films of all time. It is phenomenally good. And then just to finish it off, because there are loads of others, it is an amazing year, 1987. Harry and the Hendersons. Oh. <laughs> I got once told that I looked like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> Genuine, right? And I had to point out the fact that I am in no way the same height as Kevin Peter Hall was, bless him. You know, there's a, there's a good two foot, two foot difference, but there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, enough about my history body. <laughs> anyway, so anyway. Lost Boys nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen eighty seven. Directed by Joel Batnipple Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, the most inconsistent director in Hollywood. Yes. Yes. Totally I mean, totally right. hit and miss. Right. Let's have a look at what Joel Schumacher has made, right? Yeah. He made the Lost Boys, right? Which is yeah. we will get round to talking about. Yeah. But he also made Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Flatliners. Yeah. Which has just for, been the re-release has just come out now. Uh, why? I don't know. The, I, the, I the, don't the, know. The, the, the original wasn't that good. So why <laughs> re- why remake a film that wasn't that good to begin with? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Falling Down, which oh. I, I I'm gonna say it. It's his best film by a mile. I I do think at some point I may go falling down. They may, <laughs> they may. <laughs> you may you may go you may go full defense. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, eight millimeter, which is is, mm. is 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 okay. It's not without merit. Um, no. However, it's a little bit ham-fisted in its execution. Um, mm. It's it's okay. Um, but then we get to um, the inevitable. Batman uh, Forever and oh. Batman and Robin. Batman oh. Forever. Batman Forever is okay. Is a good. Is 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 an enjoyable film. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit of fluff in it. It's a bit of fluff. It, exactly. It's not Tim Burton's version. Um, no. It never, no. It, it, never, it never sets out to be Tim Burton's version. No. Um, it's um, Val Kilmer's good. He's, Val Kilmer is a, is a good Batman. He's a really. He is. Really, he's he he's is very much Batman. in the Adam West mold, isn't he? Yes. Yes, um, you know, and his delivery of it's the car, right? Chicks love the car. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, Jim Jim Carrey, you could probably do without. I think Tommy Lee Jones is brilliant in it. Yes, because he's yeah. clearly having fun. Whereas Jim Carrey is three hundred fifty five percent, you know, over the top. Yeah, um, yeah. You've got Tommy Lee Jones giving a good sneer. You don't. You really don't need the two of them. No, no, and no. Then, and then, unfortunately. Somebody thought, I know, I know I will make a good Batman film. We'll put Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Along with <laughs> along with Uma Thurman. Yeah. Um and you this right, this is how bad Batman and Robin is. <laughs> you make someone an actor like George Clooney terrible. Oh you god, make, yeah, he is almost oh he is he is horrific in it. Oh, horrific. I don't know. I don't know if you much know much of the filming of of, of the actual film itself. I mean, it, it it's a yeah. It's it's got an interest in production. Yeah, because because Clooney was making ER and this at the same time. They were doing um, ER at day, and he was filming this at night. So Jesus. in fairness, in fairness to the man, right? 
he was probably exhausted. Oh God, yeah, right. And then to be given <laughs> the shit that he was given to talk, right? I mean, oh. I have such sympathy for the man. I really, really do. I, I mean, mean, it's it's Arnold's polar bear slippers that do it for me. It was that I think I actually shouted out in the cinema. Oh, come on! Oh, it's just diabolical. It's it is. awful. And then Alicia Silverstone, you know, just yeah. well, uh, appalling. It's, it, it, it's yeah. In terms of sort of death knells of careers, I think it, it's more of you know, it's it's sort of execution style to the back of the head, really, isn't it? It's well, um, yeah. But I, I was actually looking at his filmography, and not after that, he made Tigerland, the Vietnam it's film. It's a brilliant film, and and That's amazing. And Colin Farrell, isn't it? Colin Farrell's yeah, in Tigerland. I think absolutely. it's his best perform. It's one of his best performances. Yeah, and then a couple of years later, he's making the Phantom of the Opera. And last, oh. That's Gerard Butler. That's piss poor, like. I mean... Gerard Butler talking out of the side of his mouth. Oh, well. He's only talking out of his ass as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) No, back to... um, Because originally, though, Joe Schumacher wasn't going to direct Lost Boys. It was going to be Richard Donner. Yes, it was. It It was was. Richard Donner. However, watching the uh, the Blu-ray extras last night, and uh, one of the things he said about was it, it had taken them so long... (laughs) <laughs> ISI have the same one. Yes, um, we have the same. <laughs> it's a brilliant. I got to be honest. A brilliant um, transfer. It's a really, oh, really good transfer. It's phenomenal. It's really impressive compared to that rubbish Total Recall one. This oh. one has been. This, this <laughs> Let one it go. Done. Let it so, go. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Right? I can't. I paid good money for that piece of shit transfer that says that it was supervised by Paul Verhoeven. Bullshit. Yeah, like, he did supervise bullshit. it. From like Hawaii, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the extras, yeah, oh, the extras. Look what really was that? Good. Never that mind about the film. You yeah. just brought me a wheelbarrow full of cash. Yes, I'll yeah, sign that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, yeah, because Dick Dick Donner, you know, obviously Superman. Um, he'd said that he'd wait. You know, he'd been trying to get this film made for so long. He'd made That's it right. several times in his head, and he just thought, Do you know what? I think Joel Schumacher would be far better at doing it. Yeah. And uh, he went off and made Lethal Weapon. He did, and he remained as the producer. He did he, indeed uh, of this film. And, he um, did indeed. And, and it's purely because of um, Dick Donner. Uh, we're talking like we know him. Oh, of course we do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Dick. Um, yeah, and you know, God bless that man because you know he, he's made some phenomenal films. Oh, over yeah. the years, you know, um, Goonies, Goonies, the aforementioned um, Lethal Weapon, The Old Man. I know, I know, the, I know. One of the, and the thing, uh, the old man, I always say the same thing about the old man. Watched it when I was very young, loved it. Yeah. Watched it as an adult, and the film really freaked me out as an adult. Yeah, yeah. Because you you forget there are moments in that film that are extremely bleak, extremely dark, and extremely upsetting, you know. Oh, God, it yeah. Is not, it, it is not a film that finishes in a happy place. Well, you know? no, and but then you look at the character, you look at the actors in The Omen, and you got, you know, you got Gregory Peck, who is, you know, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Solid. He's Atticus Finch. He's Atticus Finch. The man is Atticus Finch. And he has bestowed a child of pure, pure evil. And, and I mean, that, oh little, that, that little kid, that little bastard is just terrifying. 
I read I read something about him um, not too long back. He's he, that was his first and last film that he ever yeah, did. Yeah, he's yeah. like a stockbroker in London. And um, <laughs> well, you know, he's not too far from being the Antichrist, <laughs> then, is he? In some people's eyes, yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's you know he's got his completely normal life, but you know, and yeah, he still gets asked about it, and people still speak to him about it, you know, and. He can say nothing but nice things about Richard Donner, you know, with Gregory Peck and Lee Remick. And well, that's that. the joy of it all, isn't it? It's, you know, as a kid, he's sort of, he's made this film, but through the through the through the, the power of editing, of course, he didn't he have, didn't have a clue what was going on around it. It's like Absolutely. the little kid in um, Pet Cemetery. You know, the way in which that, that film is edited is remarkable because that kid does some evil evil things in Pet Cemetery. I know, but he had no idea about what was going on around him. It's you know, great like, you know, the creative process is such that, you know, these these children it's we are another one is the kid in Close Encounters. Yeah, yeah. He is I think he is an actor actually now. Um but when he spoke to about Close Encounters, um Spielberg made that film from a kid's perspective. Yeah. Everything was from a kid's perspective. Um and it's like um the part where the door opens, um, yeah, um, the kid that's surprised. God, it's such that, a good scene. Yeah, that was Spielberg dressed in a clown's costume. He's Spielberg so nice. he jumped out behind the door, so the kid reacts, jumps, is slightly startled, but then he's smiling because, you know, happy go lucky. Steven Spielberg was in a clown outfit. <laughs> you know, it it hadn't been released at this point. Yes, so clowns yeah. were considered humorous at this point. Yes. Have I you mean, seen it yet? No, I keep. You still like, haven't seen no, it. No, I, I, I'm dying a man flu here. But I've been. We were going to go this weekend, so I'm going to try and get out there. I'm desperate to see. I'm desperate it's, to go. It's it's very very good. In fairness, it's really good. No, and I and I think Gerald's game is as equally as good. Yeah, as it. I've I've got the book because well, at the moment I've gone back right to the beginning of all of Stephen King's novels. So I'm oh, reading right, yeah. everything from the very beginning. I'm I, and I may at at, at, at some point. Because during the sort of his, his more recent stuff isn't isn't I, I don't know isn't great. So I think I've you know, I'll get up to sell, and then right. I may stop. But I want to re I'm going to reread everything from the beginning again just to sort of see the point where he sort of you know where he goes through from his you know where he's a fresh author through the cocaine and alcohol years. <laughs> his, his productive period, you mean? Yes, and then uh, <laughs> and then I may sort of just stop. But um, no, I'm desperate, desperate, desperate to see it. Yeah, nope. Gerald's, Gerald's game is brilliant. It's so not what you expect in a film. Generally. No, no, no. Yeah, I picked the book it's... up for like seven quid and hardback with a really cool original cover in Glastonbury when I was there a couple of weeks ago. And oh, right, yeah. um, in the where was it in the Cat in the Cauldron? Oh, if you ever got a check, have you ever been to Glastonbury Town? No, you got to go. It's amazing. It is just the kookiest, amazing place ever. Well, I mean, me and my wife got married there. Um, it is just. Um, it is amazing. It is an amazing place. We go at least twice a month. It is oh. brilliant. Um, anyway, let's get back to Lost Boys. Because, I mean, when you look at this cast, you know, and I mean, this film is, I think it's fair to say, is quintessentially 80s, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it is it's, quintessentially it's, 80s. It is. It's the... Um... It's the, the infamous first pairing of the two Corys. Of the two Corys. Now, I've got to be honest with you, looking, knowing now what we do about both the Corys, yeah. uh, of course, we're talking Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. 
and yeah. knowing about everything that they went through, they've gone through, and particularly Corey Haim. Um, and I've got I've got Corey Feldman's biography somewhere, and I just have not been able to bring myself to read it because there's some fairly dark shit going on in their lives. There yeah. is, there is, yeah. uh, you know, there's some. On a, on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a similar note, I read the autobiography of a, of a fellow goonie of yeah. Corey Feldman. Um, how can I how can I paraphrase it? Um, I I recommend it. I gave the book. I think I gave the book away in the end after I read it. <laughs> I gave it to my wife to read. She came back to me and said exactly the same thing as I said. I gave it to a friend, and they turned around and said um, exactly the same thing that I had said and my wife had said, that the guy who wrote that book was an egotistical wanker. <laughs> and that, and that, that book is by Samwise fucking Ganji, Sean Austin. Right, okay. To, to say it's sullied my opinion of the man would be... A huge, huge understatement. He's he's brilliant in, in Lord of the Rings. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's amazing. He's in Stranger Things too, um, which is due to be released imminently. Yes. Um, have actually seen Stranger Things? Oh god, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant. It's fucking amazing. It's brilliant. Amazing. And again, like this, the soundtrack yeah. is ah oh, amazing. Oh. Yeah, and. I'm I'm hoping to God that he doesn't spoil Stranger Things too, um, because if if you read his book, he should have won in his head every single acting award out there for um, Return of the King. And as brilliant as he is in Return of the King, we all had a tear in our eye at the end of Return of the King. You know, we all had, had a wobbly lip when he said, "I can't carry the ring, Mister Frodo, but I can carry you," and you know all that malarkey. But that man thinks he's, <laughs> that man. That man thinks he should have won everything available to humankind for that film. Yeah, and... well, he went back and made, was it, 51st Dates with Adam Sandler, so there's a special place <laughs> in hell for people. Well, you know, I've got a, a deep affinity. Uh, well, no, 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 not affinity. Good God, no. <laughs> I've got a deep misunderstanding towards people who find Adam Sandler films funny after... I don't trust them. It's, it's in the same way that I don't trust... Um, I don't trust horses because anything that can run that fast, take a piss and a shit, and never break stride is deadly. I don't trust anything like that. Um, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the same. I'm the same with cats. Cats are the pure embodiment of evil, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, and they are bastards. Yeah, completely, so, uh, completely. Uh, Do not trust them ever. No, no ever. No, 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 you know. So, um, anyway, the rest of the cast we have yeah. got. Jason Patrick. Yeah. The star of of Speed 2 Cruise Control. (laughs) However, I know people give Jason Patrick shit. I know people do. However, have you seen Narc? Narc is fucking phenomenal. He is is brilliant in Narc. He's absolutely brilliant. That is one of those films I don't think people, enough people have seen it. No. It's it's one of those ones that when you say to people who've seen Lark and they say, "Oh fuck yeah," because that was made by um, who made Lark? Oh, um, um, oh, if oh, um, oh, if you come to me now, hang on. Oh, if only there was some kind of device that we could look things up on. Oh yeah, um, um, oh yeah, um, IMDb, IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> 
oh, because I mean, again, really open in that is absolutely phenomenal. Well, as the listeners must know by now, my favorite film of all time is Goodfellas, and um, you know, Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan. He made um, the Grey, didn't he? Yes. And, Wolf um, Puncher. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, he was involved in the A team. <laughs> the A team. Now, now look. The A team. I'm going to say this here Rampage Jackson, in his day, in his pride fight, in the days when he was fighting in pride, was a machine. However, and I'd never say to his face, ever. Because <laughs> he just, just snapped me like a twig. <laughs> but if any, you know, the fact that, you know, Mr. T, B.A. Baracus, you know, Mr. T looks like an Oscar winning actor next to him. <laughs> Old Club Lang. <laughs> it ain't good. It no, ain't good. No, it ain't good. No, no, no. Unbelievable. But actually, Unbelievable. I think Jason Patrick in this is really good. I think he's he is. really good in this. I got to give him credit for that. Yeah, he is. He's. We can't talk about Julia Roberts when you mention the next person, though. Come on, then. Keith <gasps> Sutherland. Oh, yeah. So I've got a bit, a little bit brown and smelly, but I didn't. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I think Keith Sutherland is one. Of, I mean, in the in in so many ways, like his father, he is just a phenomenal character actor. And and I think this is this, this was like his third or fourth film. It's his third oh, film. It's his third, third film. film. Like you know, he did Stand by Me before this. Yeah, and, and again, he doesn't have a lot of lines in Stand by Me. He doesn't have a lot of lines in this, but he is just no. terrifying in Stand by Me. Yeah, it's um, presence, and you know, he, he's, he's not an imposing guy. Yeah, he did, is he? It's no, honestly, he's not. But you know, he's... you know, a, a lot of a lot of actors tend to rely on physicality. You know, oh, and, yeah. um, you know, imposing nature and. You know, it, at least we forget Keith Sutherland isn't a big guy. You know, he's he's not towering over you. You know, no, no, no. But, but there's that look, there's it's the intensity. Menace, isn't yeah. It? yeah, 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 yeah. And he does it. He does it also in um, a time to kill. Yeah, which again directed by Joel Schumacher. Yeah, brilliant and, film. Yeah, really good film. Uh, the McConaughey's first uh huh film, isn't it? You know. Oh, Matthew Mc. Oh. What's your honest opinion? Oh, honestly, I, I mean, talk about hit and miss. I think there is some, and, and it's, it's really unfair because I, you know, because I think it's really, no, nobody goes out to give bad performances, no. but there is something, uh, my wife hates Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> hates him. <laughs> if you, you know, honestly, if you just, just, you, you mention his name and it's like, Arr. but, yeah. you know, Dazed and Confused, he's brilliant. Yeah. All right. I think he's brilliant in Dazed and Confused. Yeah. I think um, Time to Kill is a, is a decent performance. I think he's really, really good in that. Yeah. Um, however, um, Sahara. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, and, yeah, I saw that like... in the UCI in Swansea, right? And, you know, I think I can't remember how old I was, but I just wanted to die watching it. <laughs> I just wanted. I, it was at that point I realised that you know life's too short to be watching this shit. Yeah, and yet he's in something like True Detective, the first series, and he's just again he's incredible. Phenom- I think incredible. he's one of those actors who needs a very very strong director. Yeah, yeah, and who can rein him in? Who can yeah, really rein him in? 
Interstellar, he's brilliant in Interstellar, you know, yeah. with with a film that you know gives you a headache for a reason, yeah, because it's making you think, yeah. Um, Dallas Buyers Club, I I do think he's very very good in it. I do think Jared Leto is phenomenal in Dallas Buyers. But again, Club. Jared, Le- I think there are certain actors, um, and I think because they come with certain baggages, don't they? And I think yeah. Matthew McConaughey's one, Jared yeah. Leto's another one, and Ethan um, Ethan Hawke. That anytime anybody mentions them, you got people tend to go. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Uh, you know, I, I like. I actually do like Ethan Hawke. I think he's pretty good. But there's something but, about. I think I don't know what it is because I mean, like thirty. You know, I think it's with Jared Leto. I think it's the whole emo thing, isn't it? It's that sort of edge lord <laughs> poster boy, well, angsty. Did, and, didn't he? Didn't he thank the fans of Thirty Seconds to Mars in his Oscar speech, if I remember correctly? Yeah, when, you know, yeah. best supporting actor. And, yeah. I fair play to the guy, you know. If you can be in a successful rock band and be a successful actor, then very well done to you. As far I mean, as Re- Requiem for a Dream is immense. Is immense. Oh my God. Do you know, that's one of those films I've only... There are certain films that I can only watch once yeah. in my lifetime. Requiem for a Dream is one of them, simply because it is so unrelentingly bleak. Yes. No. And... It's oh, yeah, it's just dark. Now, getting back to the cast of Lost Boys... We're we talking about Lost Boys? Yeah, we are talking about Lost Boys. We're nearly half an hour in yet. We've just got, you know, we're just getting to the cast. We've yeah. got, of course, we've got Corey Haim. We've got uh, Jason Patrick. We've got Keith Sutherland. We've got Corey Feldman. We've got yeah. Jameson Newlander as Alan Frog, who I think yeah. is really good in this. He's yeah. really, really good in this. Good sneer. Uh, Gives yeah. good sneer. Yeah. Really good. Fair play. Jamie Gertz, a star. Now... <sighs> She doesn't do an awful lot in this film, and I think... She doesn't have to, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Moving swiftly along. Moving swiftly along. uh, You've got Edward Herman as Max. You've got uh, Bernard uh, Hughes as Grandpa. I think Grandpa is the scene stealer in this film. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. He gets the closing line of the film, doesn't he? Yes. Yet again, if you haven't watched the film, watch the film, (laughs) come back, listen... So I'm not revealing a spoiler, but he gets the best line in the film. The one thing I never could stand about Santa Carla, all the, the damn, damn vampires. Do, 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 do. But do you know what's brilliant about that? It's the lighting of that scene. Yeah. And yeah. it's the fact that yeah. the fridge light lights it all up. Yeah. And then it just closes yeah. and you can just see their silhouettes. Yeah. It's fun. It's br- and this is the other thing I think throughout this film, the lighting is superb. <laughs> and my wife made it, and I've got to be honest, she is... She's really perceptive and really, really clever. One of the things that she picked up on is the scene where they attack the surf Nazis and they eat, you, you see them, you know, that, that, that yeah. feeding frenzy where they're all there. The scene where Jason Patrick's fallen down the bank in and he sort of, and he looks up and he sees, he sees them all in that sort of, that hazy sort of glow of the firelight and everything else. In yeah. terms of the Peter Pan moment in this film and the reference to the Lost Boys, that scene could not be any more Peter Pan. The you know it 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 has that sort of the, the feral kids let loose, um, and the lighting and the just the simple delivery of the dialogue in it is absolutely brilliant. Everything is lit by the um, headlights of the car, isn't it? You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. But everything is backlit by it, you know. And you are right because. It is a film of the 1980s. Um, it doesn't fall into cliche of the 1980s. No, not at all. 
Um, simply because vampires are timeless, aren't they? So you know you they can are. dress. They are. You can dress vampires any which way you want. They still look gonna look good. Yeah. You know, even um, something like near dark with like you know oh, this, the, 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 the tramps, oh. the tramps, in they basically yeah. in near dark. Yeah. But you know they still look fucking cool. The and, you know. The I tell you we'll have to we'll have to cover Near Dark because that is just a it's an amazing film, amazing brilliant film. film, brilliant, brilliant film. Um, we're talking. We've got to mention two other cast members. Oh know. yes, um, Diane Weist. Oh, I'm just going to say Diane Weist. She's brilliant in it. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. I, I don't understand the wardrobe department's insistence on her wearing socks with, with every single pair of shoes that she wears. <laughs> Perhaps she's got bad circulation. I maybe, know. maybe. And also, um, Bill from Bill and Ted. Yes. Alex Winter. Alex Winter. Who is a brilliant documentarian these days. He, some of the stuff he is doing is genuinely brilliant. Yeah. Um, he's a, but, and I mean, he's, and of course, he's going to be coming back, him and uh, a certain Mr. Reeves. Whatever happened to him? Whatever happened to Keanu Reeves? I know. What happened to the one? You know, the one. The one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. watch the first Matrix. Don't watch the sequel. Just watch the first Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. It's However, it's really, really good. Have you seen the John Wick films? John Wick. I, I haven't seen two. I've seen the first one. And I absolutely loved the first John Wick. Oh, Wolf. man. I mean, absolutely brilliant. I mean, brilliant i got to be film. honest. The, what I love about, um, I, and I got to give full credit for him in terms of his ability to train and really throw himself into action scene. His, um, and I watched some some of the making about you know where he's training with his jujitsu uh, jiu and things like that, and he's taken on a lot of the sort of um, you can see the it's very uh, <coughs> goshing guy um, traditional jujitsu in there, and it is fun. He, he is he is really really good. He is really shit hot. Yeah, he's. Um, I think pe- people don't give Keanu enough credit. You know, they. I think they just see him as this doe-eyed. I don't want to say fool because he's not a fool, but a doe-eyed. Um, well, they just see him as the the, the surfer dude, don't they from yeah. Parenthood? Yeah, and Bill, and, you know, and, and, and you know, and Bill and Ted's. Yeah. You know, that's where they see him from. But he's he's a, he's a hugely hugely talented bloke, and he, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? Speed came along in the night, early nineteen ninety four. Yeah, it? yeah, uh, right. And gave Hollywood a much needed kick up the arse that it needed. Yes, you know, it it wasn't hugely original, but bloody hell, was it enjoyable? Oh it, god, yeah, god, it was, it was yeah. great, brilliant film. And in fact, it's one of those ones that if it comes on TV, you have to sit down and watch it. Yes, you know what's going to happen. Yes, you know, you know that he saves the day, that the bus does blow up eventually. However, he's such a um, a brilliant presence in the film. You have to watch it. Yes. Um, now, talking uh, of presence. We have to talk about this this man because his presence in this film is, you know, when anybody mentions Lost Boys, it always comes up, is the Roider with a saxophone. Timmy Capalello. Yeah, yeah. Do you, Tim- do you know who Tim Capalello is? Well, he's, he was the saxophonist for Tina Turner. And he's also... Tina, um, Tina Turner's saxophonist for many, many years. And I'm not being funny... If I <laughs> you brought this up now, right? Everybody's favourite part of the Lost Boys when we were growing up was the live concert on the promenade in Santa Carla, <laughs> and everybody's head banging along to it. Yes, which is you know ultimately a soft metal song. Right? Oh yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With a saxophone, right? Got a bit of power but, rock going. Absolutely, man. Are you that right? Bring it, love it. And he's got no, a mallet. If we just, <laughs> and he's oiled. Oiled, 
Wild. Now, if we just pause for just a second. Good man. Good man. Funny no. enough, when I, I, was, I put the, the uh, Blu-ray on earlier, I, I brought it up on YouTube. Yeah. They was at the full version. It's just, I mean, because I think the other character within this film is the soundtrack. Oh, and, you know, do you, do you ever actually got it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got it somewhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. brilliant. And I mean, even when you do like, um, you know, just the, the Echo and the Bunny Men, I actually think that's one of the very few, you know, it's a much better uh it's a much better track than the original. <laughs> you, you cut out a little bit then, right? You, t- you actually dropped out a little bit and all I could do was the hollering again. <laughs> no, what I, I'll, I'll go again. I said, Sorry. The, Sorry. the other character within this film is the, you know, is the soundtrack. And I yeah. think, um, you know, the People Are Strange, I think it's a better version than The Doors. Really? I do just because, I, much as I like the Doors version of it, it's very, it's very much of his time. But there is something about, um, about the, about this track that mm-hmm. works so well that is just perfect. You know that sort of and and his vocal on it, yeah. Uh, is, is, you know the Echo and the, the Echo and the Bunny Men are a funny band because they they have the potential to be so good. And then yeah. they sort of, you know, they promise so much and then they just disappear and then they come back and then they disappear and yeah. then they come back. Do you know what I th- I think that I think that might be down to um Scouse Roots and I yeah. don't speak I don't want to speak ill of the Echo the Bunny, you know, Ima Kellach or Will Sarge yeah. or anyone, simply because I think they're a phenomenal band. But I do think it's the well we could be bigger than you two, but why would we want to be bigger than you two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's like the Lars. Know, they're contemporaries almost at that time, yeah. isn't it, right? Yeah. I mean I love the Lars. And... I thought the Lars were brilliant. And then yeah. they disappeared, and then we got fucking cast. <laughs> you know, fucking ape cast. Sorry. They were all right, didn't they, in this cast? Oh. I, 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 no, they were. They were. Um, and I got a lot of time for John Power, because I think just like, he's, he's such a good dude. Like, he's just a nice guy. Like, oh, always just, that oh. It's almost as bad but... as dodgy. Oh, God. 
Oh, no, now you're being daft. No, right? Oh no! Look, I loved the the whole Britpop thing. was It was amazing. It was a great time in Britain, but we had some shit. Right, I can give you examples of shit during the Britpop era. Right, come on then. Me- menswear. <laughs> <laughs> they were gash. They were gash. Yeah. Um, Geneva. Geneva. Oh my god! Hey, I did a Geneva single. You sing that? The song called "No One Sleeps." I saw them supporting um, the Blue Tones in um, Newport, and they were shit. (laughs) Um, Well, um, uh, I'm trying to think through my CD collection now. I won't have Dodgy, simply because I I think Matthew Priest, the drummer of Dodgy, is one of the best drummers out there. He's he's an amazing drummer. Um, If you listen to songs like In A Room, you know, the drumming on that track is phenomenal. It's just amazing. But Let's get back to the Lost Boys. Yes, get back to the Lost Boys. Sorry, 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 sorry. Roger Daltrey's cover, Don't Let the Sun Go Down On Me. Now, it plays over the end credits. Yeah. But it was a bit of a weird choice. But, you know. It's brilliant. It does work. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, In Excess and Jimmy Barnes, which was... Well... Whoever thought thought that up, I want to shake their hand. Well, here's the thing. Joel Schumacher had to really um, negotiate... To get in excess to do it, and his payoff was that he was gonna he directed um, one of their music videos. Devil, in, Devil inside. Yeah, he directed their music yeah. video. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a huge fan of in excess growing up, and I mean a huge, huge fan. I hope I not in always. No, <laughs> oh, pew, man. So crass, man. <laughs> what? What? I was just I was just thinking more about the leather pants. <laughs> Oh. oh dear dear mm-hmm. I, 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 I had more than one opportunity to see them live and I never did and I, I always regret that I really do because um, Kick is is hands up up there one of the greatest albums of all time oh it yeah is. without a shadow of a doubt in fact so much so right me and my mate many moons ago um, again on an international drunkenly talking about <laughs> our favourite songs and everything and um the two of us started reciting the lyrics to Guns in the Sky because one of us had mentioned In Excess and one of us would have gone, oh, kick, what an album, man. What an album. Yeah. What was the first song on it? Guns in the Sky. <laughs> you know, and from there, right, see the sound, it crashes in. Yeah. <laughs> see, and there we are, off we went, and it's like, right, got a pound? Yeah, jukebox, let's get it on. I mean, you know, there we go. When you look at the, you know, look at the playlist on this, right, you got, um, on the soundtrack, you've got Good Times Billy in Excess, you've got yeah. Lost in the Shadows by Lou Graham, you've got Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by Roger Tol- Daltrey, you've got Laying Down the Law by In Excess and Jimmy yeah. Barnes, you've got People Are Strange yeah. by Echo and the Bunnymen, you've got yeah. Cry Little Sister, no, Cry Little Sister oh. by Gerard McCann, or McMahon, sorry, is brilliant, and its use in this film is phenomenal. Amazing. Because, Amazing. again, it's, a, it's, a, it's that scene itself, is almost a music video within the film you know and it's shot that way and it's absolutely brilliant and if you hang on (laughs) there it is now if you hang on a little bit at this moment in time when we just pause
And then we've got Power Play by Eddie and the Tide. I got I Still Believe by Tim Capello. Um, (laughs) You got Beauty Has Her Way by Mummy Calls. And then you got uh, To the Shock of Miss Lewis, uh, uh, Miss Louise by Thomas Newman. It is brilliant. And like I said, it is a film that just. it just, you know, it just, it just, it, if it wasn't for the soundtrack, and I think it's a good example of a film that without the soundtrack, would it be as good? No, not at all. If you had a classical soundtrack, it would not work in any way, shape, or form. No. You have to have those, um, uh, for want of a better phrase, pop music moments. You have yes. to have them. Yes. Um, not, not to sort of puncture the story or anything, or, you know, it, it adds to the film. And, you know, you're going to laugh your head off of this. And it literally only hit me. When we were <laughs> when we were talking about doing this, right? Yeah, I'm. I've listened to that soundtrack. I don't know how many times I've seen this film. I don't know how many times, right? Yeah. It only dawned on me recently. Lou Graham was the singer in Foreigner. <laughs> right. I put my hands up. I did. This is my testimony. It only recently dawned on me that the guy who sang "I Want to Know What Love Is" ah. sings. One of the main songs on the Lost Boy soundtrack. And I got to be honest I, with you, it was only when I was looking back and I thought, and doing some research for this, looking back and going, Lou Graham, Lou Graham, Lou Graham, oh, hang on, Foreigner, yeah, click, yeah, I get what you say, yeah, completely, yeah, completely, honestly, honestly, just completely, completely, and I just, I was, I hang my head, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I hang my head because I always like to sort of give the impression that. Yes, I, I, I'm a music, I'm an avid music fan. I love listening to new music. I love finding old music, you know, and hearing those things that people haven't heard. And then I remembered that he was the lead singer in Foreigner and I'd never made the equation before. And I literally thought, oh, Leighton. I want to know what love is. No, that wasn't what I thought, but. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to show me. There's going to be a lot of... I don't know why I'm doing a lot of falsetto on this. I don't know why. Our power balladry today is excellent. It is. I can actually feel my mullet grow in as we talk. Yeah, yeah. I can can feel a perm come in. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is the thing with this film. I think we, we, we've talked about the soundtrack, we've talked about the cast, and the cast is brilliant, and everybody's you know performance. I think Jamie Gertz, I mentioned, is probably the weakest link in it. But actually, in terms of her role, she doesn't have massive amounts to do. No, but no, look pretty. Pumped. The other thing with this is the camera work on this film is phenomenal. Now, here's the bit, right? The um, the director or the cinematographer on this um, was Michael Chapman. Now, Michael Chapman is, you know, he, in terms of his career, you know, he worked on Jaws. He shot Taxi Driver. He shot Raging Bull. You know, Mental. he is, and, you know, and, and I think he's, you know, he directed, he reached, and just before this had come out, he directed the Tom Cruise movie, All the Right Moves. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The now, um, American football life? Yeah, yeah. Now, the camera the work... <laughs> the camera work in this film is amazing. And that opening scene... Where yeah. the camera swoops in over the over the fairground and over the you know, it is just it, it's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal, and it just it, it, it and it it is amazingly shot. And even the scene where they're on the bikes, uh, yeah. and on the Blu-ray, it is it is a, it is beautiful to look at where they're yeah. going through the beach. Um, and again, we were sat there and, and Louise turned around and she said, you know, this the one thing about this fairground, about the feel of the whole, of the, whenever they're at the boardwalk or those type of, is the sense of danger. Yeah. It does it's, feel... It's, it's yeah. always something lurking, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And there's, there's the threat is always there, isn't it? Yeah. And I sort of, yeah. you know, and I sort of, you know, it's, it's that idea, isn't it, that you should feel safe there. You should feel safe at this fun fair, but you're actually... You know, there is that sense of danger. And then I obviously sort of, you know, uh, completely ruined that when I said, yeah, it's a bit like Porth Call. Um, <laughs> there is a massive bunch of part of our audience that has no idea what Porth Call no, is. No, but, uh, no. Costa del Treco. <laughs> Barry Beardos. Barry Beardos, yeah. Hey, I love oh, Barry oh Beardos. Uh, I got a lot of friends living down there. It's really nice area, actually. Yeah, but yeah. there is that sense that this place should be a lot of fun. It should be a family environment, but it's really dangerous. And like that opening scene with the security guard yeah. is chased across the parking lot is absolutely superb. Yeah. It is amazingly shot. And you know, at least you forget. Um, you, you don't see an awful lot of the vampires as such no. in the film. No. You know, they're very fleeting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> the, the camera you were quite rightly you know the camera work is phenomenal the film and I know we've gone out that it's is set in the 1980s and you know there is a very 1980s look to it all the Frog Brothers do resemble mini Rambos yeah you know um, yeah and I think I think Joe Schumacher has actually come out and said in the past you know that he wanted um, he wanted the Frog Brothers to have this sort of um Military, military, uh, military look to them. Yeah, know, well, he um, told them to go and watch Rambo and all the Chuck Norris movies, and he made them watch <laughs> Mission, Missing in Action. So, <sighs> Missing in Action. Oh, 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 Golan Globus, guys. I got a lot of love for them. Oh, I got a lot of love for them. Amazing. Why have Why have one Chuck when you can have two? Isn't it exactly? Chuck they were two. Pi- Chuck Bronson. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was it. They had two piles. Have you Have you seen Electric yeah. Boogaloo? Yeah, we've talked about it before. Oh yeah, my god, yeah. they had two brilliant. piles of scripts yeah. for the two chucks. Yeah, just brilliant, brilliant, amazing, absolutely amazing, amazing. Um, one thing people might not realise about this film, and I again, it's only revisiting and going back to it, I discovered the film is only ninety-eight minutes long. Yeah, it flies, it flies, it is just so and, quick, you know. Yeah, and you know when you think you know uh, the average blockbuster these days is, is, is running time is two hours, two and a half hours. Sometime. Yeah, and I got to be, you know, I think you know filmmaking has become really bloated. Yeah, yeah, and you know some directors will probably admit that you know yeah it didn't really need to be you know three hours, four hours long. You know Peter Jackson yeah. looking at you for the Return of the King. It's a or King film. Kong. Oh, King, oh, why did the King Kong be three hours long? It didn't need to be three hours <sighs> long. Learn to trim the fat directors. Listen to the audience. We know what we're talking about. Um, 
but yeah, and you know, and there is no fat on on um, the Lost Boys. Is no, there? not you know, at all. You know, everything. I imagine there was very little on the cutting room floor um, when it was, you know, put spliced together, and um, it, it it it's got. Um, we've talked about it previously with films. You know, the momentum in films is hugely yeah, important, yeah. isn't it? You know, and this film never sort of loses its momentum. It never sags. It never. No, not at all. Dips. Not at and all. Nothing feels um, shoehorned in. It, it's, you know, everything serves a purpose. Um, you know, I, I think that's hugely, hugely important in in a film, you know, it, it, regardless of what of what the film is, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we can all say, you know, oh, this, this is the best director's cut. This is the best director's cut, you know. and that. But the problems with director's cuts is that sometimes... It's the ego being massaged. Yeah. Oh it? yeah, completely, completely. And it's it's actually refreshing to see a film, you know, come in, do what it needs to do, and get out. Yeah, and I mean, and when it, you look at like the big scenes in this film, it just they they move so so well. I mean, even yeah. you know, like so, even the supposedly slower scenes, like you know, like you get the bit with the with the with the maggots in the new in in the, in the yeah. that is there's no hanging about. You get that, yeah. and it's. Boom! They're into the you know uh, yeah. cry little sister scene, and yeah. then we're straight out. You know we're we're out on the bridge then. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. where they hang in that, and again that is amazing, and it's so simply shot. Yeah, and and you know one thing we haven't brought up, which we we tend to bring up about the films that we review, is um, the cost of of uh, everything. This yeah. film was made. For, this film was made for eight point two million dollars in nineteen eighty seven, which. Perhaps it might have been an average budget. Yeah, I mean the budgets were going up at that point, but you know it made thirty two point two million dollars, and the only reason it wasn't number one at the box office was because Timothy Dalton's Living Daylights kept it off the top. Really? Yeah, that was that was the reason why they went head to head, and it still made thirty two million dollars. Yeah, fucking love Timothy Dalton. Great actor. My favorite Bond. I'm not being funny. I'm not a huge um, Bond fan. Never have been, and I, I will attest that, that, that I never have been. However, um, Dalton's two films um, was reassuringly adult, which yeah. you know the the, yeah. the Bond films should be anyway. Oh God! Look, the Bond. I think the best way to describe him is a bastard. If you read any of the books, he is an absolute. He's an absolute pig, isn't he? He's an absolute sociopath. Yeah, yeah. There's no two ways about it. He's a sociopath. Completely um, agree, and you know, it was refreshing to see. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that we were kids when they came out. Um, those two films came out, but when you're older and you look back on them, you think, "Well, hang on, no, they were actually going in the right direction." Then. Yeah, yeah, and then they and brought they were, Pierce Brosnan in, and then they and they brought Pierce Brosnan in Invisible Cars, and you know, yeah, and, no, and nonsense. The other, yeah, complete. The other scene that I think is absolutely brilliant in this is where obviously Alex Winter bites the dust. Is where you, you the... mean? You mean oh, this scene oh, here? There's timing. There's timing. It is. Yes, listeners, I have it playing in the background. It is that exact ab- moment. It is brilliant, and that bit where Keith Sutherland is chasing them up the up the cavern, and they, they, he's getting yeah. There it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. We're watching it as it goes on now. And yeah. the the back and forth, the back and forth where he's pulling him, and yeah. then the the look on his face when he gets burned. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're watching it now as as it's going on. the The single tear yeah. that runs down his face. Yeah, yeah, 
you know, and it's like he's hurt, isn't he? He's physically hurt then. Yeah. It and is he just, it, and brilliant. It's like he, he, he looks the camera, then he, and he goes, the night. Yeah. 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 And I, I can't I, believe that synced up. I know. <laughs> the makeup, it's, yeah, I know. This, and the makeup for the vampire effects in this, I think is brilliant. It's very, very pared down. It's very, very simple. You don't get the exactly. massive foreheads no, or, no. you know, nobody's no. fucking twinkling in the in the, in the light. <laughs> Oh, just <laughs> fuck you, Twilight. Fuck you. Um, oh, I, I don't know if I told you the story, right? I might have told you this before, and if I have, I apologize. But I say the same thing about Twilight. Um, out of curiosity, right? <laughs> I can't. Me, me and the wife went to Florida um, about eight years ago. Uh, yeah. We had to stop at a Walmart for something for the kids. And she said, oh, look, I'll stay in the car with the kids. Um, you go in and I think we had to grab nappies or something. Yeah, yeah, that, right? yeah. So anyway, she's as I'm leave, just about to leave the car, she says, oh, do me a favor and pick a book up for me. If you see something that you think I'll like, grab it. All right, yeah, fine. So I went in, got the nappies, went to the book section, and I was looking down, and I couldn't see uh, the type of books that she was then into, which was um, uh, who wrote um, Kiss the Girls. Um, oh, um, oh, no. I can see I can see his face. Um, I've read hundreds of his books because he, re- he releases one every week practically. Yeah. Um, oh. oh, what's his name? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, anyway, it'll come to me in a minute. It'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, so I'm looking for this type of book. Couldn't get it, James Patterson. James Patterson. James Patterson, right? So anyway, oh, there's a link now between The Princess Bride yes. and Kiss the Girls, Carly Elms. Um, anyway, so I'm looking now to see if there's a James Patterson that she hasn't read. She can't find anything. So I see the first Twilight book. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll give that a Get her there, see if she likes it. So I come out of the car and you know, I go, oh, you know, didn't have anything that, that I saw that you liked, but I saw this and I picked it up and she just looked at me and went, really? You think I'd read this? And I was like, well, I don't know. You know, you have people, a lot of people talking about it and whatnot. And she went, we've been together how long now? Do you think I'm going to read that? And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, shit. All right. I've, I've had a nerve here. All right. <laughs> so anyway, this book now was there. And so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll read it. I think I, I'm, I'm not lying when I say that. I think I managed three or four pages before I put it down. <laughs> because I think I think what I said at the time was, that is bad Mills and Boone. Oh. Now, for those, for those who may not know what Mills and Boone is, Mills and Boone um, is a Bodice very... rippers. Yeah, very successful uh, romantic love story books. Uh, in the UK, they're probably worldwide, you know, I, I just t- trying to tell you what it is. And they are, they're there for a certain demographic, should we say, for middle-aged women, you know, who may not, may or may not have romance in their life. So they've got these <laughs> little reminders, little reminders that romance happens in a fictional world. Anyway, it's terrible, the book. I tried reading it. I, 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 it, it was horrendous. Then they made the film. And then <laughs> I, I paid... I paid and watched on box office on a certain digital television service. Oh god! The first, the first Twilight film. Um, mainly because I, I they, they, they were start, they were releasing oh, um, on the radio. Oh, this song is from the forthcoming Twilight film, and I was like, oh, there was a couple of songs released. There was um, a Paramore song that I thought was okay. That's all right. Then I heard Radiohead were giving a song to the soundtrack, and I was like, really. You know, mm. one of my favorite bands ever, giving a song to the soundtrack. 
Okay. Then you had a couple of other artists involved in it. Oh, right, okay. So I watched the first Twilight film for the cost of, say, four quid. I burst out <laughs> laughing more than once at it, and not because oh, it was funny. Oh, honestly. It oh. was the, the one sequence that, that stands out the most is when he's playing piano and it's all soft lighting, and she's lying on a chaise lounge by the side of him, looking at him dream, dreamily. And I, I fucking burst out laughing <laughs> because it looked shit. It sounded shit. It was and is shit. And they made they made fucking four or five films of it. Oh, honestly, it, it, it's it's just criminal. It is criminal. And, and yet you look at the fucking cast they got in it. The climber of people they got involved in those films. I mean, Michael, Sh- Michael fucking Sheen. I know. Michael Sheen was involved in it. Yeah, but he then when got... you go, I'm going to pay you... Yeah, a this bajillion is... dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I, you know, it wouldn't take an awful lot for me to turn around and go, "All right, glitter yeah. me up, baby." <laughs> yeah, where's my metallic skin paint? Yeah, <laughs> you know. I do it for fifty quid. <laughs> Any excuse for you, wouldn't it? <laughs> Any excuse to get the high heels on? Oh, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, at least we forget. Pattinson himself, he's not a bad actor in fairness to him, is he? No, but he's got one of those faces that you just think, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You still here? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you with your fucking doe eyes and your... Your, your, your dreamy looks and your uh, fuck, fuck your face you. Like a, face like a satellite dish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh look. Oh, life must be so hard because you're so famous and you have millions and millions of dollars. Oh yeah. God. Uh, what yeah. was you? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bitter, are we? We're in, not in no bitter. way, shape, or form. <laughs> anyway, I mean, this film has got some so many brilliant moments in it. But I absolutely, and we've talked about you know the, the final shot of the film, but the actual sort of um, the showdown, the final showdown, yeah, is I mean it, it and like it's pointed, it's it's singing, it's got so many brilliant moments in it. Yeah. I mean from the bit where the you know the husky knocks the vampire into uh, into the bath, yeah, into the holy water, um, yeah. and it's the fact that you've got the frog brothers, these two badasses are just on the floor. Hugging yeah. each other, screaming. Yeah, terrified. And, and again, like, I think both of their performance. I think Corey Feldman and um, oh god, his name Mike, Mike James, Jameson New, Newlander. Yeah, <laughs> I think their performances in this are really, really good, and it's just that's and how burnt and painful it looks. Yeah, and, and you were saying about the makeup. Um, yeah, earlier. and that sequence is really, really quite brutal because ultimately he does. Um, he looks like Freddy Krueger, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, with the burns like on his face and, and then, whatnot. And he actually does burn away, doesn't he? Yeah, he does completely go. <laughs> but do you know what the best part was? The, the, and you could tell we're getting to a certain age where obviously then all the guts and all the gores come bursting out of all the water pipe then and everything else. Yeah, My wife yeah. turned around and goes, oh, I really feel sorry for their grandfather. Look <laughs> at the state in his house. <laughs> Those pesky children. Oh, God. <laughs> and then you get yeah. the classic... Death, Death by, style. by stereo. Yes, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, even the final shot, because you know, and I think one of the sort of, you know, I mean, God rest his soul, um, Edward Herman as the as the lead vampire. I yeah. mean, he passed away not so long ago of brain cancer, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, it, it was only the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I think it was yeah. two thousand and fourteen. He died. Um, 
and that that shot where the jeep comes crashing through the thing, and yeah. the, the, the fence post sort of just <laughs> impales him, and then hits him into the wall, and he explodes. It's a brilliantly shot, but it doesn't hang around. No, it doesn't no. feel like you know. If we if we go back and we look at the Avengers and we look at the action scenes in the Avengers, it goes on. And it goes on, and yeah. it goes on, and you just think, oh, how many times can we see Hulk smash? Or yeah. you know, I, th- I, th- I think not, 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 not necessarily the first Avengers film. It's certainly Age of Ultron. It's like that, um, but like as as I said earlier, there's no sort of um, fact in this, and you know, no, everything no, serves a purpose. And I, unbeknownst to me, one of the one of the, the vampires is called Alan. Yeah. Alan the Vampire. Alan the Vampire. I well, mean, this this certainly puts things in, into a certain perspective now because this is as good as when finding out <laughs> Dutch's real name in Predator. <laughs> he was Alan as well. He was he? Alan, yeah. And again, we have the conversation. Who looks at a child and goes, oh, I shall name thee Alan. <laughs> it's right up there with naming somebody Keith. Yeah, well, my... Mother's other half is Keith, but hey, holy, you, you know, know, nobody's perfect. When you look at a baby, <laughs> do you think, oh, that's a Keith? Oh, or yeah. Trevor? Yeah, yeah. It's you know. Just... <laughs> I name thee Alan. Alan the Vampire. It's just, I don't know. I know, it's it's like, I don't know, but then, who calls the, the, the Edgar and Alan Frog? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? use the other bit. You know, this film has got some amazing one like it's got some brilliant lines in it and one of my favorite and i really did start laughing last night when we were looking at this is the bit where um cory haim finds out that his brother's a vampire <laughs> yeah, and, I know you're gonna say, and he's and he's going at my, my goddamn brother's a shit sucking vampire you wait till yeah. i tell mom <laughs> Brilliant, genuinely it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It is a yeah, great. It's great... a load of that minute. It's um, holy shit! The attack of Eddie Munster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's um uh in the opening monologue when they actually arrive in Santa Clara. Oh, that's that's um, the other one. Don't kill me, Mike. I'm basically a good kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, when he goes up to the guy, he goes, um, any jobs around here? And the guy goes, nothing legal. Both go. <laughs> yeah, both go. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's another one then. Um, talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. There is, it is such, a, such yeah. a great, 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 great film. One thing and I've I, never understood about, uh, uh, um, about this film is why Corey Haim has... In his bedroom, a poster of Rob Lowe. Yeah, that was dark, man. I yeah, particularly knowing what we know now. Yeah, you know, and that was this, this was pre any sort of scandal. Was but there, then you know? and the other thing you think of with Rob Lowe, I mean, yes, he was known for doing some adult snuggling movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant description. Um, <laughs> um, but like, at what point? It's like Johnny Depp. In Nightmare on Elm Street, at what point do you think, as a man, I'm going to wear a crop top? Ah, <laughs> uh, the 1980s, man. The 1980s. Oh, man. I, like and, a gift that keeps on giving. And yeah, it is. And you're, and I got to be honest, this is one of my brilliant... I love this bit where they see... Um, the, at the right at the beginning of the film, the grandfather's pretending to be dead on the on the, on the the deck. <laughs> and he says, looks like he's dead. And then Corey Ames says, if he's can dead, we, can, can we go we back to Phoenix? Back to Phoenix? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, zero compassion towards his possible, potentially dead, you know, grandfather. Right. No, I mean, I mean, we could probably talk for days and days and days on this one. Yeah. So, is there anything while we sort of wrap this bad boy up? Is there anything that you think you know our listeners need to know about this film? Anything um, else? Anything that really jumps out for you that we haven't talked about? Well. I don't think we, we sort of give enough credit to actually how scary this film actually yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at least we forget, you know, it is a horror film ultimately, right? Yeah. But it it does have genuinely scary moments in it. Oh, God, um, yeah. I remember the first time I watched it uh, as a child, um, you know, the, those good old days of the video shop. I miss oh, video shops. Oh, God. Yeah. I miss video yeah. shops terribly. I really, really do. Um, and, you know... When watching this film at that young age, um, you know the sequences, like you say, the the the, the first um, opening sequence, yeah. you know, where the, yeah. the security guard gets snatched, um, the when um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, um, David reveals himself, yeah, him yeah, by, yeah. Uh, right? and he, he's out of shot and out of the shot, and he literally comes out the shadows. So I remember watching that. And shitting myself because <laughs> I thought, fuck it out. You know, and then I, it, it's a scary, scary film. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we've discussed you know, with horror films these days, you know, and a lot of it these days is more so about the gore and, um, you know, I'd say how shocking it can be. You tend to forget the horror films were designed primarily to be scary. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, completely, completely. And this is where it's refreshing with something like um, It coming out recently yeah. now you know it's um it's it is it is scary it's not horror though it's more an adventure film it yeah um it's very similar in tone to the goonies very mm. similar in tone in, in as much as your main protagonists are you know 12 13 or what, or what yeah are. yeah um and they are put you know they are put in unfortunate situations you know mm. um and it's great in that respect, but it's good, to, you know, that you know horror films were scary. Horror yeah, yeah, yeah. Films. And it, 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 I think everything got lost in it in the torture and the, yeah, and yeah. Or like, how cheap can we make it, and can we appeal to thirteen-year-olds? Yeah, and you know, we we we, we discussed about torture porn, and, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and before now, you know, um, I'm not a fan. I don't think you are a fan. Oh, I, and I, I'm, not, I, yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, and I, I was I, I was listening to um, uh, Mark Hermod. Um, he does a podcast um, about films, new films coming out. And yeah, 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 yeah. Talks, and he's, I think he was talking about it, and he was he made mention about um, somehow Martha's came up in the conversation. Now, I've oh, never seen Martha's. No, yeah, Mar- I, I, I got to be honest, Martha's is a good film, but holy now, shit! Yeah, now see. I know more about Martha's than actually having not seen the film, right? Yeah. That still doesn't mean I want to watch it. Oh, no, look, it's, it, want. it's one of those films that you can, it, you, I would never say to somebody, go watch it because it's yeah. brilliant, yeah. but holy well, fucking shit. Well, yeah, it, again, this, it fall, it probably fall into the remit then I'll say Requiem for a Dream. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Schindler's, this is another one I've only ever been able to watch once and because you're not yeah. going to go back to watch it again and again and well, again. Well, there's nothing like a good sort of uh, Holocaust movie is there to sit around with the family and... Uh... Well, you know, and... Um, it always I, amazes I, me they put it on Telegram for Christmas. Jeez. <laughs> what the fuck is that all about? <laughs> you do! <laughs> 
Oh, let's all sit around and watch Schindler's List. Oh, yeah, you know, and you know, at least at least we forget, right? Requiem for a Dream is fucking brilliant. Yeah, Schindler's List is fucking brilliant. Yeah, but Martha's is probably brilliant. But, it is, you it know, is, but we, no, oh, what, oh. have I got? Have I got any sort of inclination to watch it? Watch it? No. Absolutely not. In no way, no. shape, or form. However, it is nice to see a horror film be actually scary. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't rely. It doesn't rely on limbs being torn off. No, or, no. You know, somebody's like get death by nipple piercings. Yeah, and, you know, shit like that. Like, and it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may be speaking about a lot of films or yeah. genres that people actually get off on there, but yeah. you know. Um, yeah, man. It, it's it. You know, a, a, a good scare, like you know, the omen. Yeah, but it, like I said, you know, going back watching that, like as an adult and seeing how, and frankly terrifying that film is well when you look at you know and you, you look at this film it's yes it's got gore but it's not excessively gory it's no. got good tension in it it's got it, yeah. and again it's trimmed and edited and directed perfectly yeah i mean don't get me wrong there's bits in this film where you go oh maybe that's a bit but you know yeah. it is a very 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 good film so come on then score time what are we giving this one uh, me personally, I'll give it a solid eight and a half out of ten. Oh, eight and a half! Excellent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Do you know what I'm coming? I I'm gonna go nine. I can. I, I, I can I'm gonna go nine because that. watching it I, last night, um, we bought both me and my wife. We sat down and we just thoroughly enjoyed the film. We just yeah. it was just a great, great, great film. Yeah, it's a great film, and like you said, it's something. It's almost like the perfect Halloween film yeah. where you can get everybody together and yeah. sit down and watch it and it's it's got something you know it's it's enough to be in without terrifying anybody but yeah. it's got you know it's got which bit are you on now because i can see you smiling the blood second brady bunch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'd forgotten entirely about that yeah yeah max has just uh, revealed himself oh so, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's a, again that's a great reveal yeah yeah, because you great think, reveal. You know, despite the Frog Brothers' best efforts, you know everything that I, they they think you know they they know about vampires. Yeah, no shit, actually. And it's, you know? do you want the other bit I love the other like, how much should we charge them for this? <laughs> I tell you one thing we haven't brought up, and I don't know whether we should. Is the sequel? Oh no, no, they don't exist. No, they don't I've, exist. I've never seen them. I would never not bring myself to watch. <laughs> I, them. I, ha- I, I, on a hand on heart, I have, I cannot bring myself to do it. Now, originally, Joe, Ma- Joe Schumacher wanted to do a sequel that yeah. was just about with, with a group about a group <laughs> of girls. Yeah, the Lost Girls. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. he also wanted to do a film just about David, but yeah. Keith Sutherland's character, but never, never able to get it off the ground. But um, no, the sequels don't exist. <laughs> no, <laughs> In short, I, I, Go- I just. I, I just it, it sort of, it, I think we brought up previously about sequels and sequel like this, you know, and yeah. why a franchise would be sort of, uh, a, a sequel would be made as, as long, because I think when the actual sequel came out, it was only, what was it, about six years ago? Seven yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. You know, and you're talking a good 20 odd years between, you know. Between the two. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, don't be wrong, the film's 30 years old. It doesn't look 30 no. years old. Doesn't look through. Oh man! Oh. It, it, it doesn't creep does it. up, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does not look through. No, it doesn't at all. Film, does not it? at all. 
I mean, the uh, mullets and the you know the long coats and a few other things do sort of, but it's so well made. It's so well shot. It doesn't make a difference. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? And the, 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 the one thing I will say is that yeah, George Schumacher is really fucking hit the miss. Really, yeah, hit the miss. And you, you look at you know this is popcorn, isn't it? This is oh popcorn, yeah, yeah, popcorn, yeah, 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 like, completely. Yeah? Which is in no way, shape, or form a bad thing, right? But then he goes on to make falling down. Now falling down. Yeah, I remember, I remember falling down coming out, and there was a bit of controversy about it when it came out, simply because it showed the everyday average man breathing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, and you know to show it in the way that it was shown again, falling down isn't particularly violent. Yes, it. It's. Um, it's the threat. Yeah, and you know, and you're talking about a man literally at that breaking point walking around LA with a bag full of guns. <laughs> and it's it's from, just it's, it's just it's yeah brilliant. It's amazing. It's genuinely and then he makes Batman and Robin. I mean, come on. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, how like I mean uh, For a lot of money that's how. <laughs> well, it could be, you know, you know, and you know, fair play to the man. You know, he'll have a go at, at, at well, many a different genre. Oh yeah, you know, you know, he's a he's all over the place. I mean, he's also done episodes recently of House of Cards. Yeah, yes. No, House of Cards. I've never watched House of Cards. I've never watched it either. Unbelievably, because Fincher was involved, and you know, yeah, fin- Fincher's a god as far as I'm concerned. Um, Especially now, Mindhunter is on Netflix. Yeah, you you saying about this? I'm gonna. I oh, put it on my. my I put it on my list. I'm gonna have to look it's, at it. Who it is something else. You think you think you know what it's gonna be about, right? Yeah. It's not. You, you, it Fincher man's a legend. Hey, if you can make if you can make two perfect films, you know, fair play. But if yeah. you can make more than two perfect films, then I'm sorry. Oh, I mean Alien agree. Three, of course. It's not without merit. No, it's not. It's not. It's not without merit. It's. It wasn't. It wasn't done to him. It was done to those pesky studios sticking it. So to wrap this one up, you've come in at eight point five. I've come in at a nine. Yeah. I mean, I think we can both say this is a must own. You must have it in your collection. Um. I yeah, definitely one hundred percent. It's um. So, especially from um, our age group, then you know, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's a, a film that people refer to fondly. Yes, you know, despite despite it being a film about vampires, it's a it's a story of everyday kids, isn't it? Yeah, it's, oh, completely. It, and if you think this is a film, even though it's about vampires, there are so and people who don't like horror films or don't yeah. like vamp, they still they still have something like good to say about. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I will. There's one thing that's always bugged me about the Lost Boys, though. What's that? And you you will. Do you know the the title? Yes. Right, the poster, the main poster, and everything. Yeah. Right. Why is the Y and the S the same size? Because it, it just looks good. It doesn't though, because everything else look large, small, large, small, right? And then when you get to the boys, bugs the shit out of me, man. Always has. I don't know why. It's always bothered me. I don't have OCD in any way, shape, or form. But that has always bothered me. Why is that text like that? <laughs> I well. <laughs> anyway, and on that note, I've got to say thank you, my brother, for being on. Cool. And. Uh, 
we're, I, we're definitely going to have to do Near Dark now. Near Dark has got to come on. Well, there's one you want to do, which I was all for until I recently repurchased it and watched it. Oh, and yeah. You can see that it's a pile of shit. And we, we, you, 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 okay, let's do it. Look. I'm, I've got, after this one, I've got a, we, um, record, I've got a, ca- um, a carry episode that I'm recording with my Aussie counterparts, uh, Paul over in Schlock Horror and Gidget oh, Von LaRue. Yeah. Oh, sweet, uh, so we're doing sweet. carry. Uh, yeah. But after that, let's talk Dune. Let's yeah, do it. Oh. Yes, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. We've can I got to can do I, it. Can I not talk about episode eight from, scene, from the last Twin Peaks? Which is part... <laughs> Probably <laughs> one of, the, if not the greatest episode of television I think I've ever seen. Can we do that instead? We'll, we'll get it in there. We will get it in there because I I still quite like certain parts of Doom. I'm a I big fan of the book. I, I got to be honest. Um, <laughs> without going into it too much, we were talking about Doom, were we? And yeah. You said, yeah. "Come on, let's do it. Let's do it." So I went out and bought it. Um, I have very fond memories of it. I, I there's a lot in there that I really liked. Haven't seen it for many a year. Bought it, watched it, and it's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> right, save the venom. Save, save the we'll venom. Save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. Right we'll then, save my it. good man. Thank you so much for being on, and I will catch you again soon. Peace. Ta-ra, buddy. Ta-ra. As always, I want to say a big thank you to my magnificent co-host, Mr. Leighton Winston, and he'll be back soon enough. Where I'm pretty sure we're going to be discussing. David Lynch's Dune, much to his dismay. <laughs> um, but now it's time for What the Wookiee Watched. Up first on What the Wookiee Watched is 2015's Fun House Massacre. Let's check out the trailer. Dahmer and Bundy and Gacy, they're just the ones that got all the press. We house the ones that you whisper about around the campfire. Let's give the boys a tour of their new playground. It looks like a killer scene tonight here at the Macon County Funhouse. We may need crowd control. That is right, Dr. Davidson. People are literally losing their heads to get in here tonight. <laughs> Not scared. That looks so real. That other one's hot. This place is too scary for me. Besides, so many white people like this. Oh, I'm amazed at how desensitized you all are. You truly are sick individuals. <laughs> Let me guess. Your friend's been murdered at the funhouse. Wow, that was actually pretty realistic. <laughs> I think it's time for our final act. We locked us in! What's going on here? That would be a good time to run. I hate Halloween. Are you crazy? Do you know what's happening out there? Oh, you mean the deranged serial killers who are pretending to be haunted house characters and killing everybody? These games look so fun. You live, no way. Yeah. Okay. You are so bad at this. 
Miss, are you dead? Okay, Funhouse Massacre. I keep wanting to say Slaughterhouse. I don't know why, but it's Funhouse Massacre from 2015. Um, it is directed by Andy Palmer. It was written by Ben Begley. And it stars Robert England, Jer Burns, uh, Scotty Thompson, Matt Angel, uh, Chastity, uh, I think it's, or Chasty, might be Chasty, uh, Ballast Horace, uh, Clint Howard, of course, uh, <laughs> Richie Cunningham's brother, uh, Courtney Gaines, that's right, the creepy ginger dude from uh, Children of the Corn. You've got Eric Chaveria. Uh, Mars Kane, uh, Candice Divisa, E.E. Bell, Ben Begley, uh, Michael Reed, uh, Lee Parker, Sebastian Siegel, and uh, Rene Doreen, and a few others. Now, this is a fairly low-budget affair, um, and at times I think it tries to be a little bit too clever. However, overall, it's not a bad little film. It's um, it's it has its moments in it. It's got some really really great characters in it. It's got some really good ideas. It's shot pretty well, um, and the, they make the use of what they've got. I think Robert England, as always, is his hammy, fantastic self, and it's a good. It's it's well worth a look. It's got some interesting kills. It's got an interesting premise, and if you're looking for a bit of time to kill, and you're flicking through. Uh, Netflix, or I think yes, definitely Netflix. Um, I'd give it about, I'd give it a, a six out of ten, um, and I'd say it's a rental. Um, it's well worth a look. So that is Funhouse Massacre from two thousand and fifteen. Now up next, we have got Halloween Three: Season of the Witch from nineteen eighty two. Let's check out the trailer. about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Halloween. You happen to know anything about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? 
Ah, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, Cockers? Why? Do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it! The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3, season of the witch, the night no one comes home. Oh, I just had to leave the, the, the little crackle in there at the end of that trailer. I love that sound. So, 1982's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, we may come back and look at this film in a little bit more detail um, somewhere down the line. But I thought I, I better I'd throw it in because, it's well, I've watched it this week. Now, um, it was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Um, it stars Tom Aitkins, uh, Stacey Nelkin, Dano Hearley. Uh, now, people will remember him as... Uh, the old man who are from Robocop, the the head of OCP, uh, Michael Curry, uh, Ralph Strait, Jaden Barber. Now, this film, when it first came out, took a lot of grief. And simply because, I think, in terms of linking it to a very well-known uh, Halloween, uh, a certain Halloween franchise, uh, and then obviously not having anything to do with said franchise, um might have been a little bit of a misstep. Um, now, the original idea, of course, from John Carpenter was to have this film, um, this series, be a sort of almost like a, an anthology series of different films um, at different times. And, of course, him and Deborah Hill, um, and I think, produced this film. And I think, at, you know, it's not a bad idea. However, when you created such an iconic character such as Michael Myers, people want to see him in the film. Um, obviously, this film is about an evil toy maker um, from uh, the Silver Shamrock Company, who manages to create these sort of uh, these Halloween masks that uh, once the children start wearing them, um, it sort of, well, essentially it kills them using a, a microchip and a feed from the television set. This film has got some really, really creepy moments in it. It's got some really, really unsettling scenes. Um, I think Tom Atkins is absolutely brilliant in this film. Um, and the music, the score to this is absolutely brilliant. I own the score and I play it quite a bit. Um, is this film deserving of the kicking that it got at the time? Absolutely not. And I would definitely say go back and look at this again. And I'd give it um, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. It's not perfect, but it is not as awful as everybody made out at the time no it certainly isn't um so yeah like i said 7.5 out of 10 and go back and check it out okay up next we have got the secrets of emily blair from 2016 let's check out the trailer
So what you're saying is that you're responsible for the deaths? Yes, that's right. You killed all those people? I am responsible for their deaths. Why? There are two answers to that question. The one that's true and the one that you will believe. I'm only interested in the truth. All right. No human was responsible for these crimes. But if someone must be punished, then let it be me. And that's the truth? That's the truth. Then why don't you tell me what I'll believe? <laughs> so, that was the trailer for The Secrets of Emily Blair from 2016. Um, this is a film directed by Joseph P. Genia. Uh, it stars Ellen Holman, Colmini, Wilm Kelp, and Adrian Paul. Those of you might recognise Adrian Paul from Highlander, the TV series. And Cheryl Fenn also pops up in a small role in this. Um, and, of course, Cheryl Fenn is famous for being in Twin Peaks. Now, what's the story behind this one? Well, it's quite simple. A uh, desperate fiancé... Uh, tries to save his, uh, well, would-be wife uh, from possession. Um, this kind of falls into the sort of the long list of sort of um, demonic possession movies that are coming out at the moment. Um, it's a low-budget film. Um, it's not very well written. Um, it's uh, it, it looks okay. Um, the possession moments in this film are not great. Uh, it does have a couple of moments in it. There's a great moment with a child's finger and a pair of scissors. Um, but overall, this is not a great film. Um, it's one to avoid. <laughs> um, I watched this on Netflix. Um, and if you've got an hour and a half to really kill and you can't think of anything at all to watch, um, you may you might want to give it a whirl. Um, but I'd give this a four and a half out of ten. And... Uh, I'd say try and find something else to watch because it ain't that great. It ain't particularly scary. Uh, Calm uh, Meanie in it looks kind of embarrassed to be there. Um, And, well, it's just not a great film. So there we have it. (laughs) Well, thank you guys, as always, for being here and listening to the show. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who tweets, everybody who gets involved, who follows us and subscribes. Um, Listen, we're up on iTunes now, so you can download this show. Please, 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 please leave us some uh, five-star reviews so we can get get us out there a little bit more. I'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, You can also follow us on SoundCloud. Um, We're still over on YouTube, um, so we haven't completely abandoned that, but the format on YouTube will be slightly changing. Um, But as always, I want to say thank you, guys. I really, really appreciate um, everybody who gets involved, particularly everybody who talks on Twitter. I got a couple of shout-outs, as always. First of all, I want to give a big shout-out to my man, Blake, over at Spivey Point. Guys, get over and follow him on Twitter. He's Honestly, he's a great guy to follow and uh, always has some fantastic, fantastic tweets out there. Um, My man, uh, CJ, over at BHS Revival, always worth... Uh, <laughs> checking his blog out um, I also want to say a big shout out to my gothy gal pal CL Raven um, I want to give a big shout out to Jeff and Al over at Cadavercast guys absolutely if you want to get yourselves over and listen to a really really good podcast with a father and son team um, 
it's Cadavercast. Uh, I think they're doing a werewolf episode uh, this time around. Uh, I think it's on Al's Monster Stampede. And if you listen to it right up to the end of the show, Al does our sign-off for us. Um, it's a great... Honestly, it's well worth it. It's a really, really, really great show. Um, as always, I want to give a big shout-out to the guys over at Retro Movie Geek. And uh, I want to say um, that you, I pop up on one of their bonus episodes on the Spooky Flicks. And uh, I want to say uh, always to um, the Horror Movie Podcast as well. Love that show. Um, and, of course, Gregor Mortis and his, uh, and his gang over at uh, Land of the Creeps. Um, there are so many people that I want to thank um, for listening uh, to the show. Uh, of course, a big shout-out to my man, uh, Mr. Leighton Winstone. Now, next episode is going to be a really, really interesting one because I am, it's essentially uh, I'm having Paul from uh, Schlock Horror back on and podcasting royalty in the form of uh, Gidget Von LaRue from uh, the Retro Cinema Podcast. And so it's going to be an all-Aussie episode. Uh, and we're going to kick it off with uh, Carrie. The original Carrie, not the remake. And uh, we're then going to be talking a couple Aussie horror movies. So uh, I'm really um, looking forward to that. So all that's left for me to say is, in the immortal words of Conducula, good night out there, whatever you are. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. When you're unwanted, streets are uneven. When you're down, when you're strained, faces come out of the rain. When you're strained, this is our farm cadavercast. You've been listening to the undead Wookie. The back.